0: Welcome to New York's finest retired and unfiltered podcast. The mission of this podcast is to explore the life and experiences of those who at one time held a front row ticket to the greatest show on earth, policing the streets of New York City. This show hosts a wide variety of guests from all walks of life and professions, but remains centered around introducing retired members of the NYPD to our audience, while having real, unfiltered discussions. Please tune in each week and like and subscribe to hear true crime stories and opinions on past and present events like you've never heard them before. All right, everybody, welcome to New York's Finest Retired and Unfiltered Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, You know, I started this podcast because I felt... My voice wasn't being heard in mainstream media, uh, particularly my my religious exemption was denied from the NYPD uh, and my medical exemption was denied from the NYPD without giving a clear questioning and the media never questioned that. But uh, during COVID, there was another thing that I questioned, and it was the 2020 election. And for some reason in today's media, in today's day and age, we're not allowed to question things. I would now be considered an election denier, even though the majority of people I speak to on both sides of the aisle do question that election. Um, And we do have questions about the election process, which is a very lengthy an unfamiliar process to most of us. We just know, and I and I'll say it again, get out there and vote. You know, it's crucial. We're only a few days away from the election, uh, and especially in New York. New York's a battleground. New York and Florida are two places where my heart lies. So get out there, vote for Liz Elton, vote for Joe Pinion, vote for Michael Henry, uh vote for Ron DeSantis. You know, let's let's don't worry about everything that we're going to talk about, but we need to start getting out there and and taking back our Our electoral process and understanding it. The only way to do that, the only way to uh, identify, the only way to defeat a problem is to identify a problem. So with that, I'm super excited. Uh, I met Marley Hornick. She is, she started a New York citizens audit. And she's going to explain to us about herself, her mission, what they do, what we can do to protect our vote, to make sure that yes, we're going to get out there and vote, but to make sure our votes are being our votes are being heard, and 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 to protect our vote so that the candidates that we, the people, decide get in. Uh, Molly, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for taking your time. I know you're super busy. Um, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in your organization?
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you, John. Um, And thanks everyone for tuning in. I I felt like many people, and John just expressed it also, that there was something not right about the 2020 election. I didn't believe in the outcome. Uh, And myself and a group of others from all over New York State, uh, professionals, farmers, all kinds of different backgrounds, teachers, we got together and we said, "Well, let's just get a copy of the New York State voter rolls and see if we, you know, find anything that seems odd." because of course in a in a deep blue state like new york they they really have no reason to cheat right because if if they have the voters like that really wrapped around their finger this you know the progressive agenda then then they wouldn't be cheating in new york so we just figured we probably won't find much and and really that's how we began we we just started looking at open source data that comes from the new york state board of elections and comes from the county boards of elections. And we also downloaded some information from the uh, Secretary of State website. So we looked at the the state voter rolls and the county voter rolls where we could, because some of the counties returned data and some of them didn't return the data that we requested. And I'll tell you, um, we've gotten involved with some of the top researchers across the nation into election integrity, and they continually give us the information that New York is worse than any other state they've looked at. In terms of, it's like the devil is in the details, like they say. You know, all of these phantom registrations, these these registrations, millions of them in the rolls that contain falsified data, that should render these registrants ineligible to vote, but somehow they keep voting. And so we were, we're, we've been shocked, actually, by what we have uncovered and how easy it was to find. It's right there under the, under the surface. If you just say, you know what? The people of New York are sending millions and millions and millions of dollars to the New York State Board of Elections to fund our so- supposedly secure election system. Let's just take a peek. What are they spending our money on? Are they doing a good job?
0: No, it's, it's, you know, so again, like I said, I started questioning even, even right up to it, um, even prior to 2020. So uh, I bought my house from my father. I bought him his house in Jersey. Basically, I paid for the house he had built in Jersey. My father was a disabled veteran. And for years he was getting, he was getting absentee ballots sent to my house, um, even though he moved and he registered to vote in New Jersey. Um, and in one election, I went there and my mother had lived in that house as well that I bought. My mother had died in 1999 and my two sisters also lived in that house. And one of them moved two times in separate areas in New York City. And one of them had moved two times in separate areas in New York State. And I would also get mailing for them as well. I always found it very strange that they, would, they weren't delisted. Um, is there a problem with voter rolls being cleaned in New York.
1: Yeah, there's a huge problem. And, you know, interestingly, the election laws are absolutely sufficient to have a clean, you know, certifiable lawful result that is reflects the will of the people. But the laws are not being followed. And the voter rolls themselves are a huge problem but why are they not being cleaned is kind of more that's like the the subtext that my team has investigated significantly. And we have found reasons to discover, well, I guess, we found evidence of outright um, criminality. Now, where is that coming from? Who's responsible for it? Uh, we don't think by and large that has to do with like local elections officials. It, it's really difficult to say. There's you know, there's layers and levels of influence that are taking place in the election system. And, and they're not all this nefarious thing. But, but when they say to us, you know, this is what they say, right? For example, there was a, a couple of weeks ago in the Post, there was an article about a guy who lives in Manhattan. He's not a U.S. citizen. He has a green card. And he never registered to vote. They went and interviewed him from the Post. He never registered to vote, yet he has an active registration with the New York State Board of Elections and the New York City Board of Elections. He does; It is checked off, apparently. This is something New York Citizens Audit can't see, but his non-citizen status is established, I guess, on his voter registration application form. And he's been voting in elections in New York City for 13 years. So what they will tell you and what it says in the post article and this is this is really a key thing for all of us to to really become aware of is they say well it's just an incompetent person inside the board of elections who let that one instance of fraud through but in reality we are finding millions of examples of falsified data in registrations and and that is you can't just blame that on a handful of incompetent idiots. And you definitely can't do that without producing these people who are so incompetent that they can't keep themselves from hitting enter, you know, like a million times. Here, I'll read you a couple of the categories of invalid registration that we keep finding. Um, in the, Under New York state election law, you're only allowed to have one voter registration in the system, right? It makes sense because you get uh, along with your name and your date of birth and your address and other personal information being associated with that record, you also get a registration number, like a voter number that is unique to you. And that is the number to which your votes are assigned. So if you have more than one number, that's a problem because you could cast more than one vote, except you can't. Because when you go to the polls to vote, they don't ask you, what's your voter ID number? They ask you, what's your name and address, right? And so if you have the same name and address on multiple registrations with unique state voter numbers, you can't access those. However, in New York State, we have 2.4 million unique state voter registration numbers assigned to 1.1 million unique people. Now that's a minimum of 1. Point, almost 1.4 million excess ID numbers that are active in the voter rolls, but that isn't all, because that's assuming that every one of those original 1.1 million people actually exists. So we've gone to some of these folks' homes and asked, you know, we, we're like, hey, you know, it does this guy exist? So for example, there's a guy, Mr. B, in the Bronx. He has 21 unique State Board of Elections ID numbers that are all active in the rolls. They're all assigned to the exact same name, date of birth and address. And they were all granted, they were all created on the same day, all 21 of them. He did actually cast two votes in the 2020 election. So we said, let's go see if this guy knows what's happening with his record. Let's go knock on his door and see if he's aware that the New York State Board of Elections is framing him for uh, 60 felonies at a minimum, plus double voting, because each each, Each registration you have above one in the voter rolls accounts for three felonies. Now, I know you guys, a lot of people listen to your podcast or law enforcement. You know, those are not the kind of felonies that usually get prosecuted, and they certainly don't get enforced. However, we thought maybe this guy would like to know. We went to his house, and guess what? It's a Western Union office. There is no Mr. B. So, All 21 of those registrations are false, and yet he double voted in the 2020 election. This is an inside job. That's what we—I think—that's what you guys call this. So all those 2.4 million registrants who are voting—696,000 of them voted in 2020. Actually, it's not just incompetent idiots at the Board of Elections. Every single one of those person people has to be canvassed to figure out, is this even a human being? And how on earth did these votes get cast if there's not even a person behind those registrations?
0: So you're saying that this Mr. B voted, he voted at the same precinct twice in the voter election?
1: He like, didn't vote at a precinct. Somebody inside the system with access, super administrator access to the New York State Voter Database, cast two votes in his name in a computer. He never went to the polls because he doesn't exist.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So there's no way to defeat it at the polls. It's only to defeat it after the polling or whenever at some point through a computer system. A po- I Like if I had now. So it, like, like just say, for example, if for some reason I had two voter IDs and I showed up at the poll, there would be no way that I would be able to come back again to to vote again, obviously. Right. Because they had checked yeah. me off already. Exactly. Um, unless- so how
1: would that second vote be cast? Who Who would be able to do that? And it's not just a glitch in the system. And it's not just someone pressing enter too many times because in New York state. In the 2020 general election, there were nearly three-quarters of a million votes cast by people who should have been ineligible to vote.
0: Now Let me ask you a question. So I'm, I'm saying that my sister lived at three different addresses in New York City. Um, she gets voter mail at all three of those locations. If I, now, I don't know about voter ID, so I don't know really I don't know really if it is, if if she has a different voter ID, but if she did have a different voter ID, all of those addresses are in three different precincts. Have you found anything where, like, three people with three different voter IDs at different addresses in New York City um, have voted three times or multiple times? Um, yes, like-
1: absolutely. Yes, that's actually... Um, It appears to be one of the most common ways to create these cloned identification numbers is when you move because, uh, and we found out about this um, because one of the people on our team has a really, really unique name. She's a Russian woman and has a complete, she's actually the only person in New York State who has her name in a (laughs) registration, in a data, yeah, exactly. A database of over, it's like almost 21 million registrants. She's the only one with this name. And so she had registered to vote at her original address. And she left the country. Then she went and she was living in another country for, I don't know, a couple of years. And she moved back, but she moved back to a different county. And she, you know, not knowing what the rules are, she went in to register to vote again. Now, the clerk who helped her followed the law. And this is one of the most, this is part of where it's just like, it just blows your mind. The clerk followed the law. She said, well, you know, you already have a registration in the database. Your name already appears here. So uh, would you like to update your information? So this woman, my friend, she updated her information. She gave them her new address, her new county, uh, you know, and her, I guess she probably had the same party affiliation. But these are all things that can be updated and changed when you speak to a clerk at the Board of Elections. And the clerk followed the law and went and checked um, before she would even update the registration record, she went and made sure that it was the correct driver's license number and the correct social, because they have access to this personal, or they're meant to have access to this personal identifying information. So they can really verify we definitely have the same person here. Um, and so they followed the law, the clerk did the right thing. And yet, when we looked her up in our copy of the voter rolls, we discovered that not only are both registrations active, not only are both registrations voting, but her middle initial had been changed from the original record. So they took that original record and they corrupted it just one tiny character. So that if someone was doing a search for her name in the database, only one of those records would come up. But they were, they, again, she's a totally unique person in the New York State voter rolls. And now she has two, reg- two records and both of them have been used to cast votes. We've spoken to people um, because, you know, really, it's like you look at the numbers, you look at the roles. We've learned how to do this. We have, thankfully, people came to this team who had tremendous programming skills and analytical skills and detective skills. And so we started kind of like, you know, sniffing more and more things out because stuff just didn't add up. And then we said, well, well, this looks wrong. But to really be sure, we have to go and talk to people. And we canvassed, for example, we canvassed a woman who had two registration records active in the roles, one under her maiden name, we suspected, and one under her married name. We went to her house and asked her, you know, do you know either of these people? We just showed her the information and said, here, you know, here's, we showed her the the voter ID numbers, that they were different, the registration dates that had been given, the personal information, name, address, date of birth, and then the voter history, meaning the, the sum, summary for each of those records of when they had been casting votes, what elections. And it's, it's like, it blows your mind because we can't really tell what's accurate or inaccurate, but the person who, who is assigned to those registrations knows. So immediately she said, well, this is my maiden name and this is my married name. And so we're looking through and she said, yeah, this is when I, this is when I registered you know, originally, and this is when I got married and whatever, so we're looking at it, and I said, "Well, it looks like the last time your maiden name varied ma- maiden name voted was in 2015, but the last time your married name voted was in 2008. I said, "Do you mind me asking when you got married?" She said, "I've been married for 20 years." Now the thing that really bothered her because it bothered me that her maiden name was still voting. I said, how can, how can that happen? She didn't seem, I maybe, you know, cause you're coming up on somebody who doesn't, they're not steeped in this information like I am. So they don't, maybe they don't put it together right then. She's probably watching a movie or doing her kids laundry or whatever she's doing. So the thing that really bothered her, she said, the problem here is that I vote in every election. Wow. And yet, her votes from 2008 forward were not recorded in the voter rolls. They didn't exist.
0: So, well I'm going to ask you, somebody like me that has questions, right? How do we check this? How is it, Is this information like, oh, you know where they send out that thing? Like, oh, the government might have lost money. How do I know how my name is being used? Like, what could we do to police ourselves and police our family? like originally right off the bat that's just my first question how would I know if because I'm a voter I vote I, in New York City elections I always vote I've been voting since a young age how would I know like how would you pull that information is it something that I could do like the, a layman just get onto a website and look or is it or do we have to contact an organization like yours to to have a question like to 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 ask that how would we go about that
1: Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not just contacting an organization like ours. It's just contacting us, (laughs) because to my knowledge, no one else in New York has this information, cares about this information or is looking into this information. Um, And if you contact the Board of Elections, they may or may not have access to uh, your full record at the state level. Now, this is an interesting point. Okay, so one of the things that we discovered by querying the voter rolls is that there are and we could only do this um, correlation in a couple of counties because we didn't have at the time we did it, we didn't have the data for all 62 counties. We only had it for seven counties in seven counties, granted big ones. That's the five boroughs, Erie and Nassau were the seven counties we had the information for. We found 1.9 million registrations in the state database where the people supposedly lived in one of those seven counties, right? Because that's one of the fields. It says, you know, it's like name, address, and it has your county. 1.9 million people who supposedly lived in those seven counties. But when we looked at the county voter rolls, that person didn't exist there. And that, and again, it's boring (laughs) work. The devil is in the details. That violates the law under New York state election law and under federal election law, which I tell you is not like compelling reading. It's not nearly as much fun as watching TV. It stipulates very clearly that the state registration database, the New York state voter database is our statewide like, you know, ultimate resource for voter ID and voter registration information in New York state is only comprised of the local boards of elections information and only people at the local boards of elections are allowed to add update purge or otherwise adjust any of the registration information the state is just the umbrella that holds it all okay. so There's no, under the law, and again, it's like, how do you even find this? How do you prosecute 1.9 million violations of the law that have plausible deniability? It's like, oh, well, you know, we just have an incompetent idiot. But you start to add this all together, and you look at these votes being cast, and I'll tell you, we started, it was a real challenge. It took quite some time for us to complete this process, but we ended up, uh, because we had the data by county. We had all these um, votes that were cast by people who should not have been allowed to vote under the law. Some of them are probably legitimate. Some of them are not. There's no way to know for sure. And that's part of the, the way that they're getting away with high levels of fraud uh, because they say, "Like we don't want to disenfranchise someone who really did vote and they will if they fix this up, if they take those votes and invalidate them and and negate them, they will disenfranchise some actual people. You can't do that with three quarters of a million votes and know that every single one of them was fake. But we looked at, we broke them down by district, uh, which is tricky because as you know, some of the districts cover like seven counties, portions of seven or eight counties. And so we looked at that and we discovered Um, some pretty amazing things. First of all, looking at congressional races in 2020 in New York State, the smallest number of these irregular or ineligible votes assigned to a single congressional race in New York State was over 24,000. So if you have a victory margin, say, of 38,000, but 24,000 of those votes are cast by registrants who should not have been allowed to vote under the law. Again, do I know that every single one of those is fake? No, some of those are probably people who were allowed to vote even though their registration was in violation of the law because they came in and they were that person and poll workers are nice and people are nice and nobody wants anyone to go away hurt and, and left out. See what I'm saying? But it's like without the law being followed, there's no way to know. It's it's so frustrating. And we discovered actually that 11 out of 27 U.S. congressional races in New York in 2020 should never have been certified because the number of invalid votes or ineligible voters allowed to vote outstrips the margin of victory. Wow. Yeah. And they're signing law. They're signing bills into law. And the same thing is true in the New York State Senate. We found that 24 out of 63 New York State senators can't prove they won. We found that 60 out of 150 New York State Assembly people cannot prove they won because the number of votes assigned to people who should not have been allowed to vote, whether they're real or fake, can only be known by a canvas but they were allowed to vote regardless it's greater than their margin of victory and this affected republicans it affected democrats it affected everybody
0: yeah that was my next question does it lean more does it does it lean more to one party or are we just seeing it across the board with bad votes for either party
1: it's what we're seeing is such a gigantic mess and so many tiny little violations of the law, tiny violations adding up to millions and millions and millions of violations. It's chaos. And it can only be fixed to a degree. There's different ways to fix it, right? But one of the ways is to force the board of elections to follow the law. And the way you force them to follow the law is you have a full end-to-end audit by an independent auditing organization that's not comprised of citizens who were mad about 2020 one way or the other, you know, whatever our opinions are personally, New York citizens audit is a nonpartisan organization. What we want to see is the votes of lawful New Yorkers counted so that we live under a system of governance that we can have faith represents our values.
0: hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, that's, that's what this nation's founded on, you know, and uh, I'm uh, I'm not, gender fluid but i'm definitely politically fluid i have been a democrat i've been an independent i've been a republican depending on the election depending on the candidates i have been registered as everything um so i'm a hundred percent for that The, the will of the people should be heard and this sounds like the will of the people is not being heard and it sounds like a gigantic mess and incompetence the excuse of incompetence should really only go so far Incompetence until the point that it's criminal and you're disenfranchising voters. It's it's a scary thing. What would you say we should be on the lookout for as average citizens? I don't want to inundate your organization. I know you guys are busy. What should we, when should we contact you? When should I go to my mailbox and say, I have a problem. Um, You know, both now leading up to the election and then in in the future, prior past 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 the past the primaries, like what what should uh, what should we be looking for then? I'm sorry, the midterms.
1: Right. Yeah, there's a couple of things that we are working on that can uh, they really rely on participation of people across New York state. Um, We can't do it alone. We're just people. We're not making any money off this effort. We're just doing it because we don't want to see our kids' futures sold to people who may not be the ones that we chose to represent us and create the laws. And um, so we have on our website, auditny.com, right at the top of of the homepage, we have a form called Citizen Report. And everyone in New York State can fill that form out based on their observations. Any, so if you go to the polls, and this is really critical actually, because this midterm election could have very far reaching impact. And we wanna make sure it's fair. One of the challenges that we will be facing is that the New York State Board of Elections and the County Boards of Elections will not release auditable data until after the certification of the election has been completed. What they will do is they will say, well, we have to update the rolls, and they have to get through certification before they can give you a fresh copy of the voter rolls that shows who voted. And you can then audit those people and find out if they're real or not. Find out how much, how many votes in each race, you know, may have impacted the, um, the total count. But once the election is certified, as everyone has seen from 2020, what a bear to try to turn that ship around. I mean, it's just like once that thing is done, no judge wants to be in the position of changing the outcome of a massive election. That is just, that's just that's so unlikely for a judge to take that stance. And it may be warranted. And we may be able to produce the evidence that it's warranted and then it could happen, but it's really a big ask because they're gonna, they, they are gonna, you know, anger one whole party. They're gonna it's inevitable that they will disenfranchise voters, they're gonna be pinned and pegged for this huge mess, and people are gonna be really unhappy. And it's it's a big ask. So you have to get to the election before it's certified. If if the votes are rigged in this upcoming midterm in New York, there could be real devastating consequences for people if our if our choices are not reflected. Again, New York citizens audit is nonpartisan. I'm not here to say who you should or shouldn't vote for. However, the two parties have radically different paths, right? So it matters a lot who ends up in office. If you go to the polls, so so the only way to get the Data to challenge an election on a lawful basis is for citizens, every single person listening to this, every person you know, to realize that if you experience an anomaly at the polls, if you witness an anomaly at the polls, if you witness unlawful behavior at the polls, if you are turned away from the polls and you know your registration is active and real in the rolls, Yes, tell law enforcement, yes, tell the Board of Elections, but more than anything, tell New York Citizens Audit. Fill out that form, auditny.com, the citizen report, because I'll tell you what we're going to be doing, hopefully, is processing thousands of reports from November 8th through November 10th, because you have three to five days to file a challenge. Like, it's, it's a big <laughs> ask, But it's got to be done. And so if people don't tell us, if you don't tell New York Citizens Audit what happened to you, we can't look it up in the rules and we can't figure out what's going on. And we can't mount a legal challenge in time because they are going to certify so quickly. That's what they want to do. They want to just whatever their determination is. And we know, and there's even more that we know, but we know they can fix the outcome of any election in New York state. They can. They can't overcome A massive red tsunami or a massive blue tsunami, for that matter. Again, like we're (laughs) nonpartisan. But if people vote, if everyone goes out and votes, the way that they really feel in their heart is right for this world, right for this creation that was made by God, not made by politicians, you know, they can't overcome that. They can't. Not in every district, for sure.
0: So your message is, regardless of anything you're saying here, get out and vote. You have to
1: vote. You have to vote because otherwise, you make it even easier for them to do whatever they want. You have to vote. America is worth it. You get up out of your chair, you get up from your job, whatever you have to do. America, freedom is worth it. Like, if you really say, Oh, I, you know, I value my freedom, then get up and go to the polls. It takes 10 minutes. Go and vote. And then. If you find anything, you see anything, you experience anything, you tell New York Citizens Audit right away and tell everybody you know in New York State. And you can find our information on, um, you know, we have uh, socials. We're on Truth Social, Facebook, Twitter, Getter, Rumble. Uh, you know, we have our own website, obviously, where you can contact us. There, it's easy to find New York Citizens Audit. I think most of our platforms, the name is New York Citizens Audit News. If you look that up on any of those socials, you'll find us. And then you can get, there's going to be a link there. If you didn't, you know, if you didn't write down auditny.com citizen report, there's going to be a link in memes. We're going to be sharing those out. You can share them with more and more people. Get the message out. Please tell New York Citizens Audit. And I, frankly, I wish I had, I wish I didn't have this resting on my shoulders that we may be the only organization who could do something about a false outcome. But we can only do it if everybody pitches in and everybody tells us this is what happened.
0: Listen, God said, you on a mission, you see something, you're reporting it. I mean, I'm like, you know, I'm like the sole source right now for information on denied religious exemptions and denied uh, medical exemptions for the NYPD. I'm unpaid, you know, I uh, I. Lobby with attorneys, with politicians, with everything, all on my own, and I really, you know, it's such a weight to bear on my shoulders. And even sanitation and FDNY call me, and uh, it's such a weight to bear. But you know, I really do believe that it's a mission from God. He, he, he granted me sight to see corruption in my city, in my profession, and you know, and I think he gave you a similar sight on a different, on a different path so i applaud all of you you and everyone behind the scenes that's doing the work you know i believe i don't believe that i'm right about everything but i believe that my my voice and my opinion matters and i believe i should be able to ask questions and when i'm not allowed to ask questions about why or or concerns that i have whatever the topic may be crime covid policies uh elections and you try to tell me that i'm extremist for asking a question it makes me really ask who really is the extremist here when we're shutting down our first amendment rights our right to ask a question god gave us our brain and our mouths to ask questions and that's what i'm doing you know and i've been beat up and battered and you know i don't know you at that well you know we we, we you know we, we met briefly and i'm sure from the work you're doing you're experiencing some of that too from both sides of the aisle because i get it from both sides of the aisle as well um but i i if you don't mind i like to just share what happened in 2020 to me um, and it was the first time I ever called the Board of Elections. And I don't know that it was a big deal, but it annoyed me. It annoyed me su- uh, very much. Um, so I go I go to the 2020 election. Um, I'm My my precinct at the time was on Staten Island and Dungan Hills. So I go to the big uh, inside track facility that they just built on Father Cappadano. Beautiful facility. You know, if anybody's there, definitely check it out. It's run by the Parks Department. But that's that was my voting site. So I walk in with my wife. We go in to vote. And the voter machine, I get my ballot, and the voter machine says, insert, I believe it said face up or face down. I don't remember which one it what, but it gave specific instructions on the voter machine. Insert your ballot face up. Right? That's what it said on the voter machine. So I put my ballot in the way that it instructed, and it kept spitting my ballot back out. And the poll watcher next to me said, just put it upside down. And I'm like, no. I'm not putting it upside down. It says, it says to put face up or whatever it said. I'm going to just for the purpose of this conversation, I'm going to say it said face up. So I'm like, it says face up here. So I kept putting it in and he kept berating me. Like honestly, unprofessionally, I was like, sir, it says face up. I'm putting it face up. If my vote doesn't go face up, I want to go to a different machine. Why is the instruction here? He's like, it doesn't matter. I was like, it matters to me. There's an instruction on there for a reason, uh, you know, and, and I wasn't even questioning the election. I just didn't like the way that at this point, I really I'm, I'm uneducated on all this. All I know is go out and vote. Right. And, and I'm still uneducated on, on anything. Um, but I'm, I'm like, I want my vote to go the way I want to follow the instructions that I'm being told as a voter. So and very unprofessionally, he kept saying it to me. So my my ballot goes through the way that it says. Eventually, I put it through several times. On the seventh try, it goes through face up. I never flip my ballot upside down. I would refuse to. I would have made uh, the biggest scene there. So my wife's walking up behind me now, and I tell her blatantly. I said, "This guy's going to tell you to put your ballot upside down. Do not you dare put that ballot upside down. It goes face up in the in the system." So I, she goes to the, the poll. I get interrupted by a neighbor who I hadn't seen in a while, and his father just passed. So I was, I was giving my condolences. My wife comes back. She's like, he made me put it upside down. He made me put it upside down. So I'm like, I'm like, and he did it? So we're arguing now. You We're know, two Italians. We're two Italians from New York. We're arguing at the polling site. So I was like, sir. I went up to him. I'm like, sir, why are you telling people to put it upside down? He's like, it doesn't matter. I was like, how do I file a complaint against you? So they give me the number. I was like, that's, I I said, it's unacceptable. The machine says something and you're telling people to, to go against what the machine's saying. And now, again, I don't know that this is a big deal. I call the board of election. I call um, a couple of my, uh, of, I I call my state assembly person. I call uh, my congressional, I didn't call my congressional rep at the time. I wasn't a big fan of, uh, but I called a couple of people and I let them know what, what was going on. And all of them told me it's not a big deal. But Board of Elections said they're going to send someone out to the site. Um, they said that my 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 uh, my vote counted. Is it Would that be something that I, I should be concerned with, that that happened? Do you believe so? Or it would have to be looked at?
1: Yeah, well, you can, you know, we can look you up and find out if your vote counted. And we can see if your wife's vote counted. Um, it might not even have anything to do with the tabulator, whether it counted or not. Uh, we can't tell you how you voted. We can only tell you whether or not you're, you are you know, listed as having cast a vote in the 2020 general election. You know, one of the things that I find so grating about this process is that what we're discovering, and again, we were really ignorant of all of this also. We've become experts through the process of trying to investigate, uh, but we were ignorant also. And when you're ignorant and the Board of Elections tells you just, you know, it's not a big deal, just move on. And you don't know that they're doing that to thousands or tens of thousands of people statewide. And I'll give you an example. In the, the June primary in New York, that was the primary to determine the, the official Republican gubernatorial candidate, right? So it was Zeldin, Giuliani, Astorino, and I think Harry Wilson, right, is his name? Was the fourth guy, and um, in that primary at eight o'clock in the morning, one of the people on my team called me up. She said, "The weirdest thing is happening, Marley." She said she's been a poll worker for a really long time. She's been involved for a long time, and so she has pretty good knowledge of how the polls should operate. She said, "It's so strange." She said, "It's it's like literally eight in the morning." She said, and two people have already come in. And they know they're registered Republican. They've been Republican their whole life. And yet, when I bring up their name in the poll pad, their party affiliation says blank. And she can't let them vote. Like you can't vote in a primary if you're not uh, enrolled in that party, which makes sense, actually. It's one of the few things in elections that makes sense to me. Um, so... Some of these people, she in the, in her case, she gave them both a provisional ballot, which means that they can say, you know, they can basically make a sworn statement that says, I know this information is inaccurate, and here's my vote, here's my signature under penalty of law, and, um, and that goes back to the Board of Elections and is reviewed. It doesn't get counted, you know, their vote doesn't get counted immediately, but it would be reviewed later back at the Board of Elections, and they would look up the registration and try to figure out, it, you know, is this true? And then they get to decide whether your vote counts. But people across the state started telling me about this because we have many poll workers within our team. And we started getting reports from all over New York state, two to three voters per polling site. They know they're registered to the party. They go in and their party affiliation is blank. And so each poll worker experiences this like two or three times in a day, you know, out of, you know, maybe 100 or maybe 200 people came in to vote. Right. So it's not a big percentage. However, in New York state, there are 15,000 precincts and there are more polling sites because some of those precincts encompass multiple polling sites. If you have two to three people in every single one of those sites who's not allowed to vote for whatever reason, there's a glitch in the computer. There's a clerical error. There's a mistake in the poll pad. That is your margin of victory. That's 45,000 votes.
0: So, so the, and the only way, and the only way to correct that is right then and there you're saying, and those the, to try to attempt before they certify it before they certify the election is exactly. to reach out to you guys and be like, this is wrong. My vote didn't count. Contact the board of elections as well. Correct.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's a personal choice. I just want people to know that we are not contacting the board of elections on your personal behalf. We are not contacting law enforcement on your personal behalf. We are taking the information and looking to see, is there any kind of pattern here? Is there anything we can identify that we should be worried about, that the people of New York should be concerned about? And is there a case here to get a TRO, a temporary restraining order against certification, until the data can be analyzed? And in the the June primary, if we had had, you know, 2,000 people Because we know this happened a lot across New York state. We don't know the total number. If 2000 people had filled out our form that that happened to them, we would have something right now. We got meat and potatoes. We had, you know, about 15 people in the end that, you know, we, we maybe had 50 people contact us. A lot of them were conservatives who didn't know that you have to be registered to the Republican Party to vote in a Republican primary. So there was some educating that we had the opportunity to do, you know, and ultimately we ended up with like maybe 15 to 20 people who had literally had this happen and it was correct, what they said was correct. But that's not, that, that doesn't overturn an election, you see, that doesn't block certification. It's not enough. No judge will say, well, this is evidence that there's been widespread tampering.
0: And, and once an election certified, say through all your research, if you did uncover, and I, and I think you spoke on it already, but just to reiterate, like if once the elections happen and the election certified, even afterward, you're, you're basically just doing an audit to see, to see where the, the fails are, right? Uh, at the point that you, at the point that you find it, there's really nothing that could be done at that point, right? Is that, am I correct with Well, that?
1: okay, that it's really unlikely that something would be done. There's not nothing that can be done. When an election has been falsely certified, the legal remedy is to uncertify that election. And particularly and specifically in this matter, now, you know what I was saying before about the the numbers, it's like there are 95 legislators right now representing New York State at the State Assembly, the State Senate, and in U.S. Congress who cannot prove they won. They are signing their names to legislation but there's no there's there's no actual legal value let's say to their signature so okay yes is it you know are we crazy are we outrageous extremist election deniers because we want those signatures stricken from the record i like think about it think about the kinds of changes that are being implemented and and across parties we're seeing an anti-human agenda roll out. We're seeing farms in New York state, you know, bought up. The farmers are leaving. They're heading somewhere else for a new life. You know, maybe work in Walmart in Tennessee or what? You know, I don't even know where people are going. They're, they have to leave. They're leaving New York. They're leaving their land. And that land is being turned into a solar farm. Okay. A solar panel doesn't grow food. It's not a farm but this is happening and this is a this is not just one party or the other and and a sad thing also which again it speaks to not it's it's not just a matter of fixing the vote it, there's more here and there's more that we have to learn and start to do we there's so much more for new yorkers to 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 get our heads around because the Republicans will say, well, there's nothing we can do in New York because the Democrats have a supermajority. In 2020, the Republicans failed to oppose 49 legislative positions at the state and federal level. 48 of those, okay, 40 state assembly members, eight state senators, and one, actually even one U.S. congressional representative had no opponent in their race. Okay. Radical progressives who were not opposed by the Republican party. Now, 49 of those positions going unopposed in a state with supposedly 21 million registered voters is just stunning. They couldn't find somebody. And I actually, in my position, I'm so fortunate because people now, you know, they want to talk to somebody about what they've experienced. And, and, on their own, their story may not be all that significant, but when you start to put them into like, a, you know, you start to, to see them coming together. I have people calling me. They, they just want to tell me their story. They wanted to be a GOP candidate. They wanted to run for assembly. They wanted to run for Senate. They mounted a, a valid, powerful campaign. They had a compelling agenda. They were a compelling person. They had a strong background. They were moral, all of these things, but they weren't part of the club, frankly, and they never got on the ballot. The GOP didn't give them the opportunity to be on that ballot. And 49 of those positions were unopposed. So it's like, how can you sit there and cry in your beer and say, oh, you know, oh, they don't they have a supermajority," when you never, you, you gathered people's money donations from Republicans across New York state, supposedly to represent their interests. And you never put candidates into those races. It's unconscionable. And many of those are in New York City, Westchester, and Long Island. And it's like, tell me there's not enough people in those, you know, seven counties or eight counties that you couldn't have found somebody to run that was a good person and would do a good job.
0: I, I think it goes even further than that. You know, speaking of the GOP specifically, Staten Island, Brooklyn, which I'm very familiar with, both of those parties, you know, they don't even endorse each other. It's it's absolutely it's cowardice, you know. And and you know, I I was the the latter part of my time in New York. I was a, a I was a Republican. I was a Republican voter. I felt that they had my best interest: being a in law enforcement, being a father, uh, being a, a, an American and a citizen. I felt that they weren't you know they were they were battling against the far left is what my opinion was and to come to find out they're going out to dinner with the far left and you know anything that i brought up was was i'm the crazy one you know and i'm like this is this is, and they don't even endorse each other and you know i even even in the mayoral race in the last mayoral uh, election i i said the candidate that they put up was by far not the best candidate and was that done intentionally and you're 100% right no race should go Un- opposed there should be there should be a challenger at all and and my other my other point in that is you know I was a police officer I wasn't ready to run and I felt that I I, I did feel like I had a calling at some point to throw my name in the hat and I regret not doing that not not for the mayor election per se, but for city council, for stuff like that, because I do need and and not and I don't I'm not I wouldn't be there to be a strong uh, GOP member and to vote and to basically rubber stamp what what the, the GOP is telling me. We need people. We need real people. We need people that are, are, are in between. We need you to get out there and run. Uh, if anybody's considering that, please do. You know, uh, because we're we're what we're seeing now is politicians. They're talking heads. They go on Fox News. They go on MSNBC. They speak a good line, and 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 that's it. So I, I appreciate you bringing that that point up because I've been saying that for years. I I feel like we're getting played here. I feel like we're getting played by both sides. I'll go out to dinner and I see people with two supposedly. Um, opposing views they're both extremists calling each other and they're out to dinner hanging out drinking partying and i'm like and any of my concerns i just get i'm I'm an idiot right my my, who cares about what johns has to say about anything
1: right Um, and if you put your ballot in the machine upside down it's no big deal and the reason they tell you it's no big deal is because they, they know they're not accountable so there's there's this other piece which is you know it's bigger it's it's much bigger than just our voting which is we have to learn our laws and the the people in the in the United States we have a gift we have freedom and we have a voice if we can defend it fast enough um and and we have ways to hold officials accountable who do not answer to the people and we have to start doing that and it's like because it's not just a matter of getting into office or getting on the ballot uh which is getting harder and harder to do if you are not endorsed by one of the major parties it's like like you were saying you know god is calling you to shoulder this burden um you know god is calling me to to shoulder this other burden it's like there is we are gifted we come here with moral a moral compass that is built into us, right? And we come into a world right now that is uh, morally way off track, right? There, and and you guys in law enforcement, you know this better than anybody because I can't even. I mean, I've sat and thought about that sometimes. I think to myself, if I was in that position, I wouldn't. I literally wouldn't be able to handle seeing that much darkness all the time and holding myself in my light because when you're surrounded and we and we are surrounded from like from childhood we've been surrounded by moral decline right little little compromises and one of the things that made me think about this is because we've contacted some of the ma- the majority party candidates and offered help you know hey if you if you feel the election is is unfair or whatever you know? Like we have data that can help with that problem that you can file because you know they have attorneys and they have money, so they're in a position to really take action. Where we're like, okay, what do we do? We file this pro se? I don't know. Maybe we do. I, I'll do whatever it takes. But but they don't call us back, and that tells you that they actually they don't really want to stop the fraud. They don't really want to clean up the system. What they want to do is get into power and be in charge of the fraud. And when people are surrounding us from even from childhood are willing to compromise and, and find ways to benefit themselves above making the right moral choice, it becomes like, um, you know, like a kind of a magnetism, right? That darkness can be very magnetic. And it can really set us askew. And I really feel uh, that more than anything, we have to learn our laws and we have to commit ourselves to being the leaders because our leaders are not taking that role. And our children are being affected. No matter what party you're in, your children are being impacted in a negative way by leaders who will not serve God first. And this is in our Constitution. In fact, Listen to this beautiful quote from John Jay, right? One of the founders of America, one of the um, writers of the the Federalist Papers, uh, a New Yorker and the first U.S. Supreme Court judge. Security under our constitution is given to the rights of conscience and private judgment. They are by nature subject to no control, but that of deity and in that free situation they are now left and and the founding fathers they did not believe in separation of church and state that is fake news and they actually believed that people should not serve in office if they don't believe in god because they said then who do you answer to if you're the king and you don't have a king above you then who do you answer to and who do you serve? You just serve yourself. And that's just called corruption, right? We're, and we're experiencing it. So we have a responsibility to become the moral leaders that our children and our communities need. We have to do it now. And we have to come together. And they're trying as hard as they can. And this is Republican and Democrat. I'll give you an example. And I know sometimes I just go. There's so many pieces that I see
0: go, coming go. together
1: in my little community Uh, It's strongly Republican. I live in uh, the Hudson Valley, and my little district is strongly Republican. And yet, there are two dollar generals within four miles of each other, and both of them were positioned right next to a local hangout right? So one of them is Jimmy's and it was like a, like forever. Jimmy's has been there for 60 years. It's a hardware store. It's a, you know, a breakfast sandwich place and a coffee and it's your paper. And that's where people got together and spoke. And in this little Republican enclave, somebody gave permission for Dollar General to to put up a store right next to Jimmy's. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I know what's going to happen to Jimmy's when you can go next door and buy everything Jimmy sells and more for less money, right? And they broke up that communication, that connectedness between the people. We have to bring that back. We have to be in communication with our neighbors. We have to be the moral leaders and coming together and learning the laws We have to say, you know what, if you're not listening to us and you're in office, you're out of here. And literally, that's what it's coming to. And is that going to be easy? No, it's not going to be easy because they control a lot of our officials. Many, many officials are controlled, but not all of them. Some of them are good people. And when they see a group of of strong minded patriots, educated people, loving people, kind people, patient, we're not carrying guns, we're carrying copies of the Constitution, (laughs) We're carrying copies of the deficits report from New York Citizens Audit that can be downloaded on our website. Same thing, auditny.com. Download the deficits report and read the full story of what we found and bring that and say, you know what? If you're not willing to fix this, then we don't want you in here anymore. And it's not just voting people out. You're gonna have to take them to court because they control the voting system. We have to take them to court. That's just where, Like, what are you going to do? Otherwise, they're going to keep taking over the schools. They're going to keep taking over medicine. There's going to be more and more mandates. They're going to they're going to take the farmers off their land and grow solar panels, which doesn't feed anybody, Democrat or Republican. It doesn't fix a thing.
0: I, I think everything we're talking about here, it's it really just highlights, you know, and I don't like to use the term leaders for politicians at all. I like to use the term representatives because I don't feel that they are leading per se. I don't need their insight to lead, they need to be representative of our thoughts and the people's will, you know? So I'll never use that term. I'll never thank a politician for their leadership, even if it's someone that I support and I love and I know wholeheartedly wants to do the best thing for this country, for my children, for the future of this nation. I'll never call them a leader. They are representative of the will of the people. Um, And, you know, when I made, you know, for years I lived in fear of, oh, I'm worried about my pension. I'm worried about my children. I'm worried about my health care. And, I, you know, and I think 2020, the, the the complete illegal handling of the policies that we've seen both around election time, around COVID policies, the mandates, uh, all everything that we saw, it just really came. We, You know, your, your quote is shine a bright light on the dark halls of corruption and power in the empire state, you know, we didn't even have to shine a light. They turned the lights on in the room and showed us exactly who they are, what we're dealing with. They broke laws. And I sat there in fear for years and I saw all this stuff. And God gave me this vision to see clearly through what is being told. um, The lie that your vote doesn't count. I'll never buy that lie. That's a, that's a whisper from the devil. That's a whisper from the devil. It's an easy lie, and that's how he corrupts our thought. And, and you know, I hear it from so many of my friends and my family. I'm like, don't you ever say that. Your vo- Whether your vote counts or not, I don't care. I, I don't care. You put yeah. You, know, you get out there and you vote. You make sure your voice right. is heard, you know. And that's the the way to stay secure for those people that are still scared. Those people that are still saying, you know, what? I'm worried about my pension. I'm worried about my health care. I don't want to be out in the in the the limelight like John and Marley and get attacked from all ends and all things and everyone being demonized and call all these names. That's that's your most secure way to do that is just go about what you're doing. You could still stay, but you're making your voice heard through that. And there'll be people like me and Marley speaking out. And, you know, what really came to light for me is when I decided, hey, there was there's nothing I could do at this point, My my career is going to come to an end. I will not violate my conscience. I will not violate what I believe to be true. I will not violate the oath that I swore, not now or not until the day I die. Um, and and I swore that oath before God, and and I said I cannot do this, and I walked away from my career, and I still at that time was not speaking out. I was not on social media um, Fox News had called me and asked me if I would give my story. And I didn't want to because I was afraid still, even though I had already lost my career. And I sat there for a few hours and felt like a coward. And I was like, oh, my God. I said, "God, God's given me this opportunity to actually say what I need to say. And all my brothers and sisters and all the people in my city um, aren't getting that opportunity. So how, how could I not do that? How could I not speak out? So I went on Fox News and uh, I spoke out and it got a lot of backlash from, you know, people I love, from people that I looked up to, from people that mentored me. And, um, you know, it, it hurt. So I reflected and my relationship with God got a little closer. And I read, I read the Sermon on the Mount and I read after the Sermon on the Mount, I read you know, Jesus spoke to everyone at that time in, in parables. And the apostles said to him after it was all over, why did you speak to them like that? Why did you speak to them like that? You don't speak to us in parables. You speak to us plainly. You don't you don't talk to them like that in sum and substance. I'm not gonna quote the Bible here, but basically what he said is what he said is, you've been given a gift. You've been blessed. They haven't. And immediately a light bulb flashed in my head and i said memes people only understand memes they understand tweets they understand facebook posts they understand this and i uh, created a facebook account a twitter account and instagram account and for all of you that started to follow me i thank you for all of you that listened to this podcast i thank you molly if you could give a meme about your organization a meme that you want people to carry going forth into this election into past this election to write the ship. What, what, what would you, what would you tell the, the, the people in New York?
1: The only thing I want to tell the people of New York right now is please fill out the citizen report at auditny.com. And I know I sound like a broken record, but it's like of everything right in this moment, if there's anything that we could do, as a group, as the citizens of New York State regarding the, the outcome of this upcoming midterm, that is the only way. And I have prayed and prayed about this. And again, like I don't, I, I'm not even speaking about one religion or another. It's like you just, if you know you're made here and you know that some incredible, beautiful God creator created this amazing world. Like you love your kids. You love this world. So so just that's one thing we can come together and do in the next week. And then we have more work to do. We do. We have more to do. And we have to come together as people. And we have to learn these laws. And we have to strategize how to overcome this wall that seems like it's crushing down on us. It's 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 an illusion. Just like you said, right? You, you were afraid. You were afraid of this. You were afraid because it feels like you're going to just fall off a cliff, right? And and you're going to, you're walking off a cliff and that's it. You know, it's just the bottomless abyss. But in fact, the courage and the knowledge within us that pushes us off the cliff and we think this is it, this is the end. You know, no one will love me. I'll never have a job again. My family won't have health care, whatever, all of those messages, you go off the cliff and all of a sudden you sprout wings. Because that's the power of a miracle. That's the power of courage and love and standing up with those qualities for this creation. Because I I don't know about anyone else, but to me, it looks like, you know, there are those who would like to destroy this creation. They don't respect life. They don't respect the beauty of what is here and the goodness in people's hearts. I don't know why that is. I don't know what's happened to them. I don't pretend to have those answers, but I am not going to sit by and watch while they take our kids and they twist them and 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 contort their mind until they want to they want to take fentanyl. It's just so it's so distressing and I can't sit by and let it happen. And I did. I jumped off the cliff and I was like, oh, well, look, wings. Cool. Thanks,
0: God. Absolutely. (laughs) No big deal. Yeah. So
1: everybody, everybody can come together and help in this upcoming midterm. Go to New York City or go to auditny.com and download the deficits report. It is a a walk through violations of law and and how this all adds up. And it really is, it's not a big deal to read a law. You know, some of these are really easy to read. They're only a sentence long. It's it you know you're amazed, right? You're like, Oh, you know, only lawyers can read the law, and then you read it and you're like, really? that's so obvious. Like there's no, <laughs> nothing confusing about it at all.
0: Yeah. Well, every time I talk to a lawyer, it must be, I, I always get the impression everything must be easy that they do because <laughs> pretty incompetent people yeah, for the most part, not all of them. Um,
1: no, not at all, but it's not, it's, yeah. it's not, It. We have to stop acting like the experts are going to fix everything for us. And we have to start getting really educated and clear because they are, you know, and whether it's one person at a time, whether it's one person over here, they are really impacting our culture and they're stealing it. When you steal an election, you are stealing the identity of a people because we're no longer represented by people who share our values and share our goals and dreams for ourselves and for our children and for this world. And if they're willing to compromise that for a dollar, that's a really big problem. We have to fix it. We can't let them stand. We just, you know. Um, so, yeah, that deficits report is a beautiful walkthrough. And you can take that report. You can download it from the website. You can print it, put it in a folder and bring it to anybody in New York State that you want them to know this information. Because it, approves, it proves unequivocally that the New York State Board of Elections cannot return a lawful certifiable result. Literally, they just can't. And so you you have the grounds with that report. You can hire an attorney and file a lawsuit. You can say, my vote was diluted. It was diluted by all these fake votes. And the board of elections says, oh, no, you know, that was just someone just hit enter. No, you know what? You can't have that. We have uh, like over a million people in New York State who were supposedly registered to vote on January 1st. First of all, the Board of Elections is not open on January 1st because it's a federal holiday. Second of all, it's the dead of winter when everyone is supposedly staying home in terror of COVID. Third of all... (laughs) There's no upcoming election, and that's not when people people register to vote when they decide they want to participate in an upcoming election, not in January. It's like, how do those even exist? And they say, well, it's just a default date. If the registration date of a voter has been falsified for any reason, that means the true date is unknown. It's unknown to me. It's unknown to John. And it's also unknown to the officials at the New York State Board of Elections. They simply don't know the actual correct answer. It could be anything.
0: Why is anything on default? Why are we defaulting anything?
1: Why is anything falsified? It could be any number. And so they have no grounds to say, well, it's a default date. And so we have to assume the best and let the voter vote.
0: Yeah, it's it's. We can't, we can't,
1: we, we cannot afford to make those assumptions any longer, frankly.
0: No, I I, I don't think we should. I don't, from everything we've seen, I don't think that we should give the benefit of the doubt to anybody or anything at this point. I really don't. I really don't. And if you're going to call me an extremist, because I have a question that you can't answer, go right ahead. I'll take that title all day long. You know, I'm not uh, I'm just we're just sitting here asking questions, speaking what we saw. Um, So, you know, I, I really do. I, I I appreciate you coming on. You know, I do have hope, though. I think people of, of all faiths are waking up. You know, I, I put out there yesterday, uh, Borough Park, the a huge Hasidic community who's been being demonized by the way they educate their children. um, mm. They stepped out. They came out in support of Zeldin because they know that if they don't, their way of life is going to be severely impacted. The Sephardic community is coming out now in support of Zeldin. I know many of my friends who are Muslim voters, they're Muslim Democrats, they're coming out in support of Zeldin. Um, people of faith are are siding together. We're coming, we're walking in the truth. I know that I, I myself am bipartisan, but in New York State, I believe the lines have been drawn. I believe that this is the, va- the, the battleground. This is not... It's not, the left's agenda is not an agenda for a family, for someone that wants to raise their children uh, and be left alone and, and believe in values and morality and and actually walk down the block and not worry about your, your children, the elderly and the disabled not being assaulted and actually having criminals be held accountable for their actions. So in New York, I am not partisan. In New York, to date, I say the ship must need to be righted i say that we need to establish uh we need to establish we need to restore uh consistency in both parties in order to return the conversation to the middle ground and the only way to do that is to empower the gop and yes i uh you know, I get bit. half the GOP has me blocked on all social media, so I'm not a huge supporter of any of them. But I, st- at this point in New York, I'm saying vote red. That's my opinion, um, and I'm sticking to it. So Molly, I appreciate it. I always give all my guests the last word. Anything that I missed, anything you want to say, I really appreciate you taking the time. this a few days before the election, I know how busy you are. I know how busy I am. I know how busy the candidates are anything that you want to leave the to, to, to guests with uh, you've been, it's been great talking to you. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll speak again in the future, but I want to leave the last word to you.
1: Thank you. Well, I really appreciate coming on today, John. Also thank you and uh, having the opportunity to tell people about that citizen report form and how important it is to share that link with everyone in New York state and, and beg them to report in. Um, but the, the real thing I want to say is just that we are, Every, if you're listening to this podcast and if you're following this kind of information, you have a gift. And the gift that you have is that you, you weren't, no one could prevent you for everything, every, you know, nightmare scenario you've had to live through and navigate in your life. And I know all of us have been through the fire and back again right now in this world. They couldn't stop you from loving this world, you know, whatever it was, whatever you had to deal with and you had to find your way across. It's like it ne- it didn't stop you from the love that you have that your God or your creator gave you to carry into this world like a light, like a beacon. And they couldn't stop you. Isn't that extraordinary? And I just want to thank you. And I want to really share how how special that is. And I think it's so tempting right now to become polarized from each other. Um, and we have to see, I, I always say this, it's like, you know, for me, if I, I was going to be in the military, you know, I'd be one of those people who'd be like, "Ah, oh, there's someone still back there on the battlefield. We got to go in and get them. We can't leave them there. That's just, we can't do it. And I think to myself about the people who are um, in my, even in my own family, I think many of us have that experience, our own family, our own friends, and they're, they're still wrapped up in the fear and they're still not ready to say, I stand for Humanity. I stand for this world, this beautiful world. I stand for goodness. I stand for morals. I stand for, um, you know, faith. They're they're still confused in their mind, and we are not confused anymore. And so we have a responsibility not to abandon those folks because they're like they're still entrapped in the deception, the deception that this world could be, uh, you know, an accident or. Or that things just happen. It's like this is such a beautiful world and we're so gifted. And so I just want to encourage everybody listening to this to see yourself as a powerful force for good in this world and embrace that role and be that light and shine it everywhere. Don't be afraid. Don't worry about anything. You go off the cliff and you'll sprout those wings and whatever it is that you know that that you're being called to do in your heart. You know what that is. I don't know what it is for you, but you do. Don't be afraid. Go and do it because they can't take this, this beautiful world from us if we stand for it. and And we have the gift of loving it.
0: That was beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me on today.